You've worked hard to build your business, and now it's time to grow. Welcome to the Multiply Your Success Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team and a serial entrepreneur. And the purpose of our podcast is to give you a weekly dose of inspiration and education to help you multiply your success. And as we open today, the question is, have you ever needed to reinvent yourself? Maybe you sold your business, or maybe you're starting a new business, or possibly you're at a new season in life. If you're like many of our clients, you've recently decided to franchise your business, and now you're reinventing yourself as a franchisor, as opposed to just the entrepreneur or the business owner of your current business. It's a new reinvention that you're going into. And how do you go through that change? And how do you come out confident and strong on the other side? Well, our guest today, Steve Olsher, is America's reinvention expert. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine, creator of Club Pod, which is the largest podcast on social media. He's a New York Times bestselling author, keynote speaker, original founder of Liquor.com, and host of the top-rated podcast, Reinvention Radio. And he's built and sold many businesses over the years and had to reinvent himself. So it's a great interview. You're going to really enjoy it. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Happy to be here. And um, Steve Olsher, uh, right now the claim to fame is I am the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine. We also run Club Pod on Clubhouse. Uh, We've got other things going on in the world of new media and social audio as well. Uh, Past Life uh, created... Got, I mean, a number of different endeavors from uh, nightclubs to real estate to catalogs and dot coms. And uh, the catalog, the um, I guess, the, well, the catalog that became the dot com kind of claimed to fame uh, is we built up and sold liquor.com and uh, sold that to Barry Dealers IAC in uh, 2019. Wow. Wow. You've been involved in so many different industries. And uh, you, uh, I, I love this uh, reinvention expert is one of the things that, you know, in, in, uh, that that you bring to things as America's reinvention expert, I should say. Yep. Um, so what what is it that drew you to that or inspired you to go that direction and and reinventing and helping folks through that process? Um, not intentional. I mean, by any stretch, from the standpoint of I've just kind of been forced over the course of my career to to really reinvent my life. Um, and so, like I said, with all the different iterations that I've had to go through or chose to go through or chose me to go through, whatever, you know, however you think about that stuff. Uh, It's just been a a really sort of interesting ride of uh, trials and tribulations and turns and brain damage and uh, success and failure. And as I looked at really what I've done at every turn there, it's it's truly all about reinvention. And so that's a, a phrase that um, at least a, a mentality and something that I've been thinking about just in terms of how we all have the ability to reinvent our lives literally on a dime. Uh, it's just something I've been teaching and, and going through my own private Idaho with uh, over the years. But in 2009, uh, we launched the podcast Reinvention Radio. So that's at least how long uh, it goes back with my teaching about this stuff. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, the fact that you've uh, you've built your uh, podcast magazine and uh, so many things it seems have spun out of starting that that original podcast. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, I, I mean, look, obviously, like anything else, um, 
there are things you can track and things you can't track. But uh, as you look back on on your career, you can kind of see how things line up and and how one really works with and complements the other, and then how other people have been impacted. Uh, by your work, those that have uh, reached out directly and those that you see sort of indirectly in terms of what they're doing. So, yeah, I mean, uh, across the board, I'd say that it's um, it's just been a, a really interesting trek, both for me personally and, of course, professionally, and then for for those I've had the opportunity to to connect with over the years. Sure. Well, I'd love to just get it for even just a, a high level overview for someone who's maybe thinking of going, maybe changing direction. Maybe there we we uh, the folks who tune in here tend to be entrepreneurs, um, and maybe they're looking to get into a, a new business. We help companies franchise, so getting into the franchising their business is this new endeavor, and that they're kind of reinventing through. So, is there a step or process that you've kind of identified when you work with your clients or helping people through this that you kind of help guide them through? Yeah, so it's interesting. My um, my grandfather actually started one of the original franchise businesses. <laughs> Way back in the uh, in the early 1940s, he um, he had the idea to have um, well the the company was called Foremost Liquor Stores. So my family goes back and in, way back into the liquor business many 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 de- decades, right? So almost a hundred years. And um, and so they opened up a store called Foremost Liquors uh, back in uh, the first store was opened in 1939, and by the mid 40s, people were already talking to him about opening a, a Foremost Liquor Store. So. They started franchising way back then, and I, and I, and what I will tell you is, you know, look, there's there's two different types of, of businesses, two different types of entrepreneurial endeavors, um, at least in my way of thinking. One is what I would call commodity oriented business, from the standpoint of you see an opportunity, it makes sense to do something, and you decide to to build out that business. From the standpoint of you know, I don't think anybody wakes up and says, you know, hey, I want to, you know, as a kid, I want to make plastic glasses, right? Or, or whatever it is, right? Like, there's these these are things that we need. We need forks, we need knives, we need spoons, we need glasses, et cetera. I don't think anybody wakes up as a kid and just goes, you know what, I really want to make better dishes. But the reality is maybe they figured out when they were older that they could build a, you know, a decent looking cup and it was two cents for each of those and they could sell them for six cents a pop and before they knew it you know they had a pretty good business going and they were making pretty good money and that's okay you know we all we all need these things it's not you're not going to get any awards for changing the world necessarily on you know on creating these things but it's what it's the engine right it's the engine of of economy that that helps our world operate on a daily basis so you have commodity oriented businesses and then of course you have passion oriented businesses, right? You've got businesses where these are just things that you really love doing. I mean, this is something that puts fire in your soul. In my book, What is Your What? I talk about how your what has chosen you and it's not that which you have chosen. So maybe this is something that just chose you, you know, and and you can't go to bed at night without thinking about it and you can't wake up in the morning without thinking about it. So you build a business around it and, and that's that becomes who you are and what you do. So the, the point being, as you look at the world of, of franchising, as you look at the world of entrepreneurship, et cetera, if you can combine the two where you find something that you like to do, where you find something that you're really good at doing, and you find something that you can make money doing, I mean, if you can combine all three of those elements, you've really got to win. So 
in the world of entrepreneurship or specifically in the world of uh, franchising, you know, if you can franchise out uh, a particular uh, business or business model that you really love the industry and you're pretty good at it and you can make money doing it, then that's um, that that could really be a passion business. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That That's fantastic. And uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about your book and um, and what is your what? It's it's a clever, uh, it, the, the title catches my attention, at least when I hear it. What is your what? And so I'd love for you to talk about that and some of the inspiration behind it. Yeah. So, so the inspiration is, as I said, for a long time, I've been talking about reinvention, right? From the standpoint of, I've always kind of had that question in my life. Why am I here? Why, you know, am I one to, to do something in this world that can have any sort of meaningful, potentially generational, potentially, uh, you know, legacy type impact? And what am I going to do with these years that, that I've been given? And, you know, obviously these years aren't, aren't, aren't to be taken for granted. I have a friend who is a very successful entrepreneur. Uh, he's built up a company with a, with a $2 billion valuation. Uh, and I just learned today that he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And it's just like, you know, we just, we just never know when this life is going to be taken from us. So, how do we get really clear on doing something that truly puts fire in in our soul, right? And so the the book was really a it was really a a reflection of my own personal struggle of trying to take the Myers Briggs and the What Color Is Your Parachutes and all of these different modalities that really left me with more questions than answers and just saying, you know, there's got to be an easier way. There's got to be an easier framework, something that we can absolutely just kind of hang our hats on and, 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 and find that it fills those three criteria of something we love doing and something that we're good at and something that we can make money at. And so that's when I started thinking about, you know, maybe there's an easier way to figure out what that is. And so for years, I worked on this, this what ultimately became the what is your what framework. Um, and I will say that what is your what, I've been talking about that long before Sim, Simon Sinek talked about your why, so that's a whole other conversation for another day. Um, but ultimately, what I figured out is that if you can get clear on what your core gift is, maybe it's communicating, maybe it's teaching, maybe it's enrolling or protecting or entertaining or whatever those different gifts are that we've identified, you can get really clear on what your core gift is. And this is something that lasts throughout your lifetime. It's in your DNA. It stays with you, you know, from the moment you're born to the moment you die. Get really clear on what your core gift is. Get really clear on the primary vehicle that you will use to share that gift. And get really clear on the people that you are most compelled to serve. Now we can hit the ground running and we can do something that absolutely provides uh, fulfillment and, and adds meaning to our lives. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the the whole premise or general premise, I should say, of for someone who's listening in. So for an audience, uh, a target person to maybe go after and read the book uh, would be someone who's trying to figure this out, right? Or maybe how who would be an ideal person to read the book or or go through that? Um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think everyone should go through the book. I think it's a good litmus test to really try to figure out 
where you're at and figure out if what you're doing is in fact what you should be doing. And I'm not saying that if you come up with the answer of, okay, I need to be doing something else. I'm not saying that you have to go ahead and just you know quit your day job in this moment. But I am saying that you should at least be willing to enter into the transition where you begin moving slowly, sort of like a recipe mixture, right? It's like right now, 90, well, right now, 100% of your income is derived from what it is that you're perhaps not truly compelled to do and and 0% of your income is. There's a lot of hours in the day, Tom, right? So as we start to look at being able to, to take just a little bit of those off hours, right? Maybe it's, you know, we watch a lot of television. We do a lot of streaming. We do a lot of internet stuff. We do a lot of TikToking, all this stuff. So maybe we just take, you know, 7 to 9 p.m. every day and we start digging into bringing our what to fruition. Maybe we take Saturdays and Sundays. Maybe we take half of Saturday. Maybe we take a couple hours on Sunday, whatever it is, and start putting some pieces in, you know, in place and getting in motion to bringing your what to fruition after you discover what that is. Then that recipe mixture starts to shift. So now maybe you make your first sale. And so 1% of your income is now derived from your what and 99% from what you're currently doing. And then 90-10 and then 80-20 and 70-30 and so on and so forth. And at some point you'll figure out, okay, hey, I got enough money coming in. I got enough momentum here where I can actually cut the rope. But the reality is I think everyone should at some point in their lives take inventory use this as a litmus test and really try to figure out, am I really tapping into my core gift? What is the primary vehicle I'm using to share that gift? And then am I actually serving the people that I'm most compelled to serve? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great summary. And I, I, phenomenal advice as well. And, um, I, you, you had mentioned one thing early on here is we started the interview about using Clubhouse. And this probably comes up a lot. Um, and it, it's still a r- new uh, medium here, you know, speaking. So uh, you seem to have, uh, you know, jumped right into it and are have a lot of uh, momentum behind it. Would you mind sharing or talking a little bit about your experience with Clubhouse and how you're using it and how maybe others could could get into it? Yeah, so I started on Clubhouse back in December of 2020. I mean, right away, as somebody who has been in the podcast industry for, um, well, almost uh, over 12 years now, I I, I, gravi- I just gravitated right towards it. I mean, to, to me, it just felt like a natural extension of what, well, what I've already been doing. So um, I love the open format. I love the conversations. I love the ability to connect with people, you know, literally anytime, anywhere from across the globe. And I love the fact that there's a million different conversations going on about a million different subjects. So to me, it just absolutely makes perfect sense for somebody who likes to talk, for somebody who likes to connect with people, and somebody who likes to learn about other people and what they're doing, to consider social audio as a part of their mix. So one of the things that we did really early on is we said, you know what, let's um, let's jump into the world here of clubs. And having thought about it for about half a second, I realized quite quickly that Clubhouse is going to live and die based on the quality of the clubs that they allow creators to create. And so really early on, uh, we created a club called Club Pod, uh, which obviously is about podcasting. And it's quickly become the largest podcast club, not only on Clubhouse, but on all of social media in terms of the group and the number of people that we have in that group. Uh, It took us about seven months to get to roughly 67,000 members in Club Pod on Clubhouse. 
and we use it every day to generate visibility, to generate uh, leads, to generate revenue, uh, and certainly to elevate status, credibility, and authority. Yeah, uh, amazing. And um, so as someone who's maybe just getting into uh, Clubhouse or just kind of figuring it out, what advice might you give to someone to just as they're entering into it, maybe considering starting their own club or yeah. how, what would you suggest? Yeah. So step one, obviously, is you go in and you start listening. Become familiar with the people who are leading conversations. Become familiar with the conversations that are going on. Become familiar with the clubs that are having these conversations and just start diving in as an observer. That's number one. Number two, you want to then go ahead and you want to start participating in some of those conversations. So that means raise your hand come up on the stage, contribute in a way that adds meaningful value for those in attendance. Don't think about it in any way other than just adding value and just sharing your expertise. After you get comfortable on stage and you really see the format, you kind of get a sense of how that world works. I mean, there's nuances to every platform. You got to get a sense of how that platform works. Then I would start thinking about opening up your own rooms and start leading your own conversations and get some data and see how people are responding, play with different titles and so on. And then think about opening up your own club. And once you open up your own club to grow your club, that's a whole other discussion and uh, perhaps a little too granular for what we're talking about here. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that that's a great overview. Thank you very much for that. And uh, I'd love to, at this point here, Steve, you've been sharing so many great pieces of information and insight here. Uh, before every guest goes, we always make sure that we ask them the same four questions to hear what your responses are to our four key, four questions. And the first question is, as you've been involved as a serial entrepreneur, starting, growing businesses, doing all kinds of things in your career, has there been a miss or two along the way? It kind of stands out and, and something you learned from it. Oh, God, so many misses. It's not even funny. I mean, like, where do I begin? So the first miss was uh, honestly with liquor.com. Like one of the things that I should have done was I should have just owned that domain personally and held it and held it and held it. And just even in the acquisition, I should have just kept the domain and I should have done a lease structure with Dillers IAC and, and have a buyback in case of, you know, things going south or whatever. But I absolutely should never, ever, ever have let go of that domain. Like that's, that's a huge mistake. I've also made huge mistakes in real estate. I mean, I was doing really, really well. I've developed over $50 million in property over the years. Um, I ended up having to give four properties back to the banks over the years, right? And so there were opportunities there that I missed in terms of being able to hold on to those properties and restructure and do things in a different way. Um, so, I mean, just between those two things alone, I'd say is easily looking at 20 to $25 million that I've left on the table just just with those endeavors. Wow. I mean, I can I can keep going, but I'll stop because I'll start I'll start I'll start crying here at some point. So I'll uh, I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Sure, perfect. Well, look, we'll flip it. You know, sunny side up here now, and uh, talk about a make or two that maybe st stands out along the way, and, and one that you a few you'd like to share. Yeah, I mean, look the 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 biggest make, although there have been plenty of those, and this is going to sound corny as hell. Um, but I think the biggest win really is um, being married to an incredible woman. And we've been married since 1997. And so you know, being married to um, a strong, opinionated woman who won't let you just kind of settle for anything less than 
what she believes you can be or vice versa. You know, obviously, if you're married to a man, then for him to push you to to really become what it is that you can become, like somebody who can really hold you accountable, keep you honest, and and really be there to to bounce your ideas off of and and to be that rock. I I don't know this to be true by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I bet there's something to be said for the 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 general well being of entrepreneurs that are in healthy relationships and they stay with that same person in a way where it's collaborative, not in a way where, you know, obviously you grow and then you build this company and then you're like, you know, F this noise, I'm out of here, right? And you get divorced. And like, that's, I'm talking about the people that build and stay together, both the relationship and their businesses. I Again, I don't know this to be true, but I would venture to guess if we were actually to do health studies I think we would find that those people that are collaborative in nature with their significant other are probably significantly healthier, both from a mental standpoint and probably from a physical and spiritual standpoint as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I, I would tend to agree with you there. I I, I agree. And um, well, how about a multiplier? The name of the show is Multiply Your Success. So we talk about uh, folks using a multiplier. We get a great diversity of answers here. So I'm curious for you what that has been. Um, you know, I mean, I would say that the multiplier for me really more than anything else has been taking a good, honest, hard look at the skills that I've acquired and then leveraging those skills across the different elements of business and, and different endeavors that I've created over the years. In other words, the real multiplier is understanding what your core gift is, what your core strength is, and really playing to that. And And what my core gift is is enrolling. And so I'm a visionary and I can create just like podcast magazine or, you know, other things that I've done over the years. I'm really, really good at coming up with the idea and then enrolling people into that vision, whether that be through raising capital or bringing on team or volunteers or whatever it might be. So the the real multiplier, I believe then is, is understanding what that core gift is, and then leveraging that through all of your initiatives. Hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, and thank you for sharing that. And uh, the final question we ask every guest is, what does success mean to you? Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of great definitions of success. I, I actually happen to like Thomas Sheehan's definition, uh, and he says that success means having the courage, the determination, and the will to become the person you were meant to be. Yeah, very succinct, very succinct and and well said there. Well, and Steve, as we bring this to a close, is there anything you were hoping to say or share that maybe you didn't have a chance to? Um, no, I mean, look, obviously, whether it's through franchising or through any other sort of entrepreneurial endeavor, in the fact that you're even thinking about going into business for yourself or you're already in business for yourself, you know, it's it's a fun track, it's a scary track, it is a lonely track, right? And so Listening to shows like this, knowing that you're not alone, huge. Being a part of masterminds and getting involved with other entrepreneurs and sharing in real, meaningful, deep, open, vulnerable ways is is super important. And what I will just tell you is that the, the best thing that you can do is say, I don't know, and ask for help. Because at the end of the day, that's something that very few entrepreneurs are willing to do, especially aspiring entrepreneurs. 
and ultimately even those who are successful, there's always someone who's going to be another step down the path from you. And asking for help can can almost never steer you wrong. Yeah. And well, and how can, if someone's listening in, what's the best way for them to track down your book or learn more about you or get connected to all the different things you're doing? Well, I mean, look, we talked about the book, What Is Your What? Discover the One Amazing Thing You Were Born to Do. So why don't we just start there? Uh, And I would suggest that people go to whatisyourwhat.com because there they can grab a free copy uh, of the entire book. Um, Or if reading's not your thing, or maybe you're more into podcasts, then uh, I'll give you a private backdoor link to grab a free lifetime subscription to Podcast Magazine, uh, which is really simple, podcastmagazine.com and then forward slash free. And that's uh, a private backdoor link I'm happy to share. Steve, thank you so much again for being a guest and sharing your time and wisdom with us. And let's go ahead and jump into th- today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when he talked about taking a good honest, hard look at your skills and gifts and focus on using and harnessing those. And if you can get clear on what that core gift is of yours, the vehicle you want to use to go through it and expand with it, and to get clear on the people you will serve with it, you have your recipe for fulfillment. I thought that was awesome. Takeaway number two is when he talked about one of the the top makes he had was finding a great life partner when he married his wife, someone who can hold you accountable and keep you honest. Takeaway number three, the best thing you can do sometimes is just to say, I don't know and ask for help. Say, I don't know and ask for help. And he talked about how very often, especially early on entrepreneurs or startup entrepreneurs, don't always ask for help by saying, I don't know. And it's It's really a sign of strength, not weakness. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is when Steve gave his definition of success. And it's a quote, or he quoted it from Thomas Sheehan, and he says, having the courage, the determination, and the will to become the person you are meant to be. I thought that was a beautiful definition, and if you are pursuing that, it's absolutely going to be a win for you and all of those people you're impacting and affecting in your life. And so that's the episode today, folks. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a review. And remember, if you or anyone you know might be ready to franchise their business or take their franchise company to the next level, please connect with us at BigSkyFranchiseTeam.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you back next week.